0: Hello Wembley. Let's get ready.
1: Oh, the earth is all just shouting. It's rumble. Jesus Christ! The oh, tambourines. You alright?
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winging It F1 Podcast. Today we're going to be ranking the 2023 F1 driver lineup because off-season, and that's what you do in the off-season. We're a few weeks out from car launches, which are quite early this year, because the season is a few weeks earlier, but today we're not going to talk about 2023 cars, we're just going to talk about solely on driver skill and where we rank these drivers. I'm Freddie, I'm joined by Nigel and Adam to, to completely throw random opinions at the wall based on some things just based on our general gut feel, some things based on science, and... At the end of the day, we're just probably going to agree that um, McLaren is fifth. Um, okay, so, Nigel, how are you? Feeling good? You,
1: at- uh, you just stumped me dirty with the intro. Like <laughs> I walked away and these guys have been recording. <laughs> so I, oh, so I could have said some much worse things. Uh, but was you? Yes, I'm fine. That was just so you answer your question. There Answer my question. <laughs> to, um, answer. Adam, yeah. how are you
2: doing? I'm, I'm good, thank you. I'm intrigued that you think there's there's a scientific element to our <laughs> rankings, really. That's, a, that's the biggest takeaway that I've had from the introduction, but yes, I am very good.
0: Uh, yeah. I should just point out one quick thing, but since we last did an F1 podcast, James Vowles has announced it Williams as the um, boss, so yay, that's good. All right,
2: moving on. Um, and Andy
1: Murray's in the quarterfinals now. Yeah,
2: and I'm I mean, watching Northam later. The, court, <laughs> the time just comes court- out. Quarterfinals
1: so, is on Wednesday,
2: but you know. If you if you look at the North End result and see that we lost to Birmingham City, then just know that I was sad after this podcast. Oh,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. same for Brentford at Leeds, but relatively confident. Um, are you going? No, I'm not going. Oh, okay. um, he's doing this he's podcast, here. mate. Plus, slept um, to like Leeds. <laughs> um, but, um yeah. yes. Anyway, so who we ranking tenth? <laughs> Adam, we're going to come to you first. Tenth driver lineup.
2: So <clears throat> I. Went round and round in circles about this because I had a difficulty with the bottom three of my rankings. But in the end, I have gone for Alpha Romeo, Valtu Bottas, Ooh. and Joe Guan Yu. Because um, I think out of uh, Alpha Tari and Haas and Alpha Romeo, I think Bottas could be the best driver out of those. But I also think Joe's the worst. So it's then kind of a difficult one. But yeah, mm. I I think... I, I'm just looking at Joan, I'm not sure he's going to take a massive step forward this season. I think, you know, looking at his junior career and, you know, he is he's very hardworking and very humble and seems to come into the team with a great attitude. But I just think fundamentally, you know, kind of the, the talent level or the, the star level, it is it there for him to make a step up? I'm not sure based off what we've seen. So, yeah, I think for that reason. And I think Bottas is the strongest out of the six that I mentioned. But, you know, I don't think that's enough to carry him through. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I presume Nigel's disagreed.
1: I have disagreed straight <laughs> away. Uh, I've got Alfa Romeo in ninth. Williams, I've got in tenth. Williams? I do. Yeah.
0: Are you surprised? I'm not. Yeah. I've got Williams in tenth. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Me and Freddie. See, me and Freddie. Every time we do a rankings, we always end up agreeing.
0: We don't because like... I've got Alfa Romeo higher. Oh, okay, no. right. We're not, we're um, not Nigel, Nigel, give your give your Williams for tenth pitch.
1: I just think. <laughs> With all respect, due respect, uh, to Nicholas Latifi, uh, who's obviously not on the grid this year. He's, he's not in the like I that. know, but um... <laughs> but, Albon, but that reference to Albon, to say how good Albon or bad or good Albon season okay. was last year, uh, it's just difficult to measure. And then Logan Sargent, I, I think is very good. But then, I, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of unknowns it's got the most unknowns of any driver lineup, maybe. See, that, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's 10th, just because the unknowns of Logan Sargent. I disagree with you that um, Latifi showed Alban to be fantastic. I think Alban was fantastic if you compare that to where Latifi was with Russell and so on and things like that, when Latifi was more comfortable in the team, yes. But I look at that and think there's, you know, star quality, to use Adam's phrase, in Alban. But this is the question marks with sergeant. He didn't convince me in any of his FP1 outings and the latter end of the F2 season. He was good at very, very good and has some very high points in the F2 season, but some not great bits as well. So mm. this is the thing. For me, this lineup could have been 7th, 8th or ninth as well. But just because of the... So I could completely change this after three races because I do think Albon is, is worthy of, of, you know, being a mid-ranking in this line, in this lineup.
2: That, that, uh, that's the thing to me that's why I've got Williams ranked higher it's just Albon yeah. I think you've got the potential there um, with Sergeant more than I think you've got with mm-hmm. Joe and then in, in terms of like the kind of you know top drives in the team I think Albon is better than Botta so yeah there, there's Nigel, no you have
0: you have Alfa Romeo in ninth you say so where's
1: yeah I've, I've got another. I was just going to say there's no like clear bad driver lineup this year this is I mean I think I've said this the last three years but this is the best quality F1 grid like I've ever seen by some margin because, yeah, I agree. Again, Latifi did drop the average quite a bit
0: for me, but he had Uh, good performances as well. He was capable,
1: yeah. But if you think about the worst five or six drivers in the last
0: five five years, Mm. you know,
1: he's going to be in there, but now he's not on the grid. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I've got Alfred in nine. Like Adam, yeah, I think Joe for me, he kind of peaked quite early on. Well, in in Bahrain, he was very good on his debut, very impressive. But then he didn't really get too much better than that. Yes, he had some bad luck in there as well. I just don't think his ceiling is that high. I don't really think he's going to improve too much this year. And then Bottas as well. I still think he's got a problem uh, in the midfield because I don't think, I think compared to other drivers, uh, he struggles to follow cars. And that's why at Mercedes, he... For me, he had a racecraft problem, and that for I think has kind of continued that alpha. Uh, I think his speed is still pretty good, as we saw uh, uh during his time at Mercedes against Hamilton, and he showed that last year at times. But I just think on Sundays, Bottas and Joe is quite a weak driver lineup overall.
0: Yeah, I, I clearly rank um, Joe's season from last year very differently to you two. Um. When we
2: get to mm. Alfa Romeo for my ninth ranking. But it, it's, um, is it, are we, like, I kind of did this as how I expect them to do this season. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I, think I think those last season, season was, yeah. For yeah.
0: me. Yeah. Um, So, i like, where I stand on these drivers now is where I expect them to be this season in a way because I don't really know where they're going to be in six months and they could surprise me in the way that, for me, i put Alfa Romeo in seventh. I'm going to jump way ahead for this. Wow. Because we're on the Alfa Romeo conversation. Because, like you were saying, I, I, Adam, about Bottas, I think he is the best of that sort of bottom four teams driver. I think he can mm. pull that Alfa Romeo to in qualifying to very good places. And he was actually, I think, he was quite unlucky last year. And I think Joe actually consistently seemed to make decent strides throughout the season if, from his starting point. Yes, Bahrain, but Bahrain's a weird one because they have testing there. But from if you take it from sort of Saudi then up, it was upwards in my opinion. So, and I think. For me, it's too early to question that glass ceiling. I think it does make sense to think, as you guys have, that he didn't show much year on year development through Formula Two. So it's a good yeah. reason to assume he wouldn't show much year on year development in Formula One. But I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I thought he did good, made good strides last year. So I've put him there. And in ninth, I've got Alpha Tauri. So um, have I. Yeah, Adam, present Alpha Tauri then.
2: Yeah, it they, they were another one that I found it difficult to rank. So out of the out of the. Um the bottom I think they may have them the most potential or kind of the, them and Williams are the one with the with the most potential that we we could be sat here at the end of the year you know they had a down year last year but if they can you know bring bring a better car for this season if Sonoda can take a you know step forward and really stamp his authority on that seat and if De Vries can make God on his potential and cut out on some of his errors then you know they could be a really strong draw lineup and have you know a lot of potential after this season but it's just that's a lot of unknowns at the moment I think you've got a rookie coming in with a few question marks over him and Sonoda, who is yet to put it all together. So yeah, based off that, then I think the, the kind of potential they've shown was enough to put them higher than um, Alfa Romeo, but those question marks prevent me putting them any higher than that. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. I pretty much agree on that. Um, I, I, I agree. The potential is there again for them to be a very, very solid lineup. It just completely Mm -hmm. depends. I think, Sonoda's got a really weird sort of lose lose year this year. Like, either, yeah, either it's like, oh, well, he beat a rookie, or oh, no, he was beaten by a rookie. Like, <laughs> it's gonna, I hope, I hope it's sort of the narrative there can can work pretty nicely, but I, I don't have much confidence in that. And I think that can get to him. I have a bit more, to be honest, I do have a bit more confidence in De Vries just because of the way he applies, he's applied himself to every race series over the past four years. Um, and that, I think that could be very impressive. Um, I mean, a, and a,
2: again, I just, with, I, it's sorry. it's just all hope at the moment. So with the Vries, how how did he kind of take to Formula E in his first season? Because I know you know he won F two in his third season, but you know took kind of a while to. He was learning, I, right. I thought he was learning.
0: I thought he really then, because that was the twenty twenty season. So in to be fitness in his second race, he should have been on the podium if not for like a stupid penalty. Um and that was very good, very impressive. And he had some very good drives and he was learning that Merck car wasn't the best car, but he came second to Van Dorn in a race. Um and was punchy. And then immediately in his second season, the first race, which is the main one you could rank to be honest, based on pace and 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 just driver skill, he just topped every practice session, took pole and led from the flag, led to the flag. And That, for that season, that was the least random race and he bossed it. But yeah. then the next year he was worse. So it's kind of it's question marks. But I, I, think he, I think he's got a lot of good. speed. Uh, it's just,
1: well, last year especially, he didn't show it consistently. And I, I think in F1 that is my one fear. Can he do it every single weekend? I think he's going to have some incredible moments where he gets into Q3 in a car that perhaps doesn't deserve to be there or uh, gets a fifth or sixth place here and there. It's just whether he's got that consistency, which is very important in in, in uh, F1. Uh, but I, you know, I, I rate De Vries quite highly and i you know, have always been a big fan of, of over the last few years. So I've got them in, in eighth, not not that much higher than you two. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's but, very fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the bottom, well, the bottom three it or four be... teams are re- really, really
0: close. It's like, it's like, 0.1 gap between yeah. 7 to ten for me because, <laughs> yeah. like I was saying about um, I think we can guess my eighth team is Haas. But um, with the the Bottas and Joe, it's kind of like yeah, Joe is in the ninth best team lineup as a driver kind of normally, but Bottas is higher than that, so it sort of pulls it up. And mm. Albon doesn't quite pull it up as high as Bottas does because Sargent's lower. Magnussen and Hulkenberger, you know, both reliable at best they can be, so they kind of that kind of gives them a, some kudos and. Sonoda and De Vries. De Vries could be up there with Bottas for me, and so could Sonoda, but they're not at the moment. So Six. they're they where Joe a little bit around there. So it kind of Six. that's my my complicated thought process for seven, no, eight, nine, and ten.
2: That that's kind of, that's kind of how I approached it as well. Generally, is you know look at I guess the the best driver in the team and their gap to a another other team, and then see if that gap is made up by the second driver. So, um, so yeah, I think for um, but that's kind of that's why I just. Have Williams a bit higher. I think, you know, I, I mean, especially compared to Alfa Romeo, I think Albon has the edge over Bottas and like, yeah, I mean, you know, it'll be difficult again because, you know, like you said with De Vries and Sonoda, then there's also that benchmark question of Sargent compared to Albon. So he's almost in the lose-lose situation again, but can only go out and do his best. And he does have a contract um, for another year at least. So, um, but yeah, I, I think for Albon, there's, he has that edge over kind of any of the other first drivers in this little pack, but then I think, especially compared to um, to Joe, I think Sargent does have that potential that, you know, it might be a learning year, but I think there is that possibility that he can have that step forward. So that's why I've gone a bit higher. And I've got Williams in seventh. Very
1: nice. Seventh. Seventh? That is hard. No,
2: no, sorry. Eighth. Eighth. I forgot which one we were on. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Arja, who did you have seventh then? Seventh. Uh, uh, let me check. The other port? Wait, Freddie. Who yeah, did you have
0: eighth. Uh, eighth was Haas for me. So okay. I think we've all got yeah. the same four in the bottom four. Just, in a different order. They're just in a different <laughs> order. It's quite yes. fun. I like that. So, so, so
2: who wants Adam, to say Your Hass. bottom
0: four was from seven to 10. Go.
2: Seven to 10. Haas, Williams, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo. Nigel, seven oh, to that's 10. Not, that's not
1: what you told me about three weeks ago, but I'll gloss over that. Uh, I've got Haas, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, Williams.
0: Yeah, and I've got Alpha Romeo, Haas, Alpha Tauri, Williams. So, and and I think realistically, that could be that order in the constructors. So, so Wow, yeah. (laughs) Um, We haven't really discussed Haas. Should we just throw in a quick, Hulkenberg's coming back. Um, I Mm. think we all kind of get the safe pair of hands route, but also we all kind of think probably Mick Schumacher could have done a a similar role. Adam didn't. Adam (laughs) didn't, but Nigel and I do. So, you know, consensus. Um, um, Where do we stand on it? Because, yeah, Mangson did go missing a few times last year.
2: It, it's a weird one it, to me. I I almost view it like Alpha Tauri in that it's it's two drivers who we're not really sure where they are. I think you know with with Magnussen he showed that potentially He also did come in at very short notice. So with a full you know season and now off season, then there is you know I think I think there's reasonable grounds to hope that he he will be coming in better prepared. Um, so yeah, I I think. But again, it, it's kind of there's a lot of question marks over it. What level will Hall can be coming? Back. I, I think it'll be a good level as he showed in his standing appearances, but over the course of a season, that's a different thing. So that's one, of the question marks. And then, yeah, as I say, Magnussen was, you know, where, where, where did he line up with Schumacher? Where will, you know, will he make a step forward from that this season? So yeah, I think it's kind of similar to AlphaTauri in a way in terms of, there's a lot of unknowns there, but I just think, you know, the the quality and I guess what they've proven previously is a lot higher than for AlphaTauri. So that's why I've got them ranked higher.
1: Do you think Hulkenberg will be better than Magnussen?
0: Three years ago, I would have done. But I... I'll say yes. Start of the season, no. Mid-season, yes. Because I don't think Magnussen was that impressive
1: in the second half of the season. So if Hulkenberg can't beat Magnussen, to me, that's not a great lineup. Especially with all that experience as well it should be a very a pretty good handy lineup but yeah from
0: 2014-15 this could have been one of the top half lineups on the grid 20 when yeah. there was a, a point where this could have been the Renault lineup in 2017 and yeah. that would have been a mega lineup then but it's just we're six or seven years down the line now so it's it's interesting to see but I, I am in I am interested in this lineup I'm not excited by it, I'm interested in it.
2: Yeah, I think interested as well. I, I maybe think that Hulkenberg could be ahead at the start of the season, but then you know, add, as it as kind of the H- tolls of twenty three race season, you know, go through and it it, it does come down to a grind. I think maybe that may kind of where Magnussen's having a year in the car may show a bit more. So yeah, but I think it will be. I think it will, will chop and change between who has the advantage. But I I reckon Hulkenberg can can be that. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it it, it
1: it could
2: do it it. it, it it really could do. We don't really know because,
0: like you say, there's, there's a question mark about Hulkenberg in full time competition. He hasn't done a full series in anything since he left Formula One. He's just he's tested a few things, but the most re- regular racing for him has been stand-in performances in Formula One. So that that makes it gives it a level of um, just odd, <laughs> frankly. It's quite it's it's quite a nice sort of it's the kind of lineup you would be okay with happening for a mid-tier team in the 90s but, <laughs> but I, I, I still, a driver who's not been in Formula 1 for 10 years
1: I still find it really strange how impressive Hülkenberg was on those one-off appearances because you kind of think if he can do that then what is he gonna, what's it going to be like over a normal regular season full-time drive but then we've seen that during his time in F1 over the last 10 years and he was, wasn't exactly a special, amazing driver, was it? So it does kind of make you but, think you can't just should... jump into a car and do well, like the Vries proved as well. It's very strange, that was. I do feel 20, 30, 40 years ago, that wasn't possible. It's almost like it's too easy to jump in. I mean, yes, you get lots of sim practice now. It's always too too easy to jump in and do well. But I, then you I counter that, that level.
0: with, you look at someone like Alonso, and um, he came in to... Alpine after a few years out and and struggled and learnt and got on with it and then got better and better and better with it. So there is an element of but it's also really hard from that side to sort of sustain that you can have a sweet yeah. spot, but to keep that that sweet spot across is a much harder, much harder proposition.
2: I mean I would I would also say if, if Hulkenberg can keep his level, I guess his average level across his career, or even like 2015 to 19, his average level across there, then he'll be a really good um you know it it would be really good It will probably beat magnussen and that you know that would put has comfortably sixth in terms of the the of quality so yeah
0: yeah i think that's very fair um moving on to sixth this is sort of for me the next sort of fractional um divide the sort of mid mid level you've got the sort of b a and a star class for me yeah. and this is the a class <laughs> and i'm a bit kind of like sort of the 654 i don't i'm still questioning where i'm levelling on this but I think well, I'm going to go sixth with purely because of ugh, I'm going to go with Nigel to tell me his, so I don't know to say. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm not going to tell you, but no, I am. <laughs> I've gone for Alpine.
0: Okay. I think
1: Gasly and Ocon is not as strong as let's say Aston Martins are who's, who I've got fifth. I think Alonso and Stroll. Alonso is better than Ocon. And I think Ocon and Gasly are at a similar level. And I think Stroll is not worse enough compared to Ocon and Gasly than the gap between Alonso and those two Alpine drivers. Yeah, I think they're complete.
2: Get you. I think the complete opposite. I think the the gap oh, from Ocon Ocon or Gasly versus the gap to Stroll. I think there's um, sorry Ocon or Gasly to Alonso versus the second to to Stroll. I think that is bigger. Um, so, yeah, I think their kind of, I guess, composite quality over the two um, outweighs that. Alonso was much better than Ocon last year, and Gazi and Ocon are at a pretty similar level. But, but like, they are both much better than Stroll as well. So I don't think so. I think Stroll
0: is quite Probably effective so. as a race driver, actually, and I think he's proved quite... A, he, he, particularly, you look at his his last race in Abu Dhabi, he was the one fighting to get Alfa, Alfa, Alfa Romeo behind them in the constructors better, really. And he had some very good sort of rear-to-points to, rear to points kind of performances throughout the mid-season the mid last year. It would be a 10th place or a 9th place, but you go from a lowly qualifying position and plug away and be pretty decent at it. And I think you do have – that just gives Stroll – it does give Stroll an, an element of an edge. I think, yeah, there are question marks about Stroll's highest ceiling um and he's had long enough to prove that he can improve to that ceiling, and it's not really not really done very often, but still his, his natural level, in my opinion, is quite effective. Um that's why it's really hard for me here to make it. If if you here. look
1: at the way people were praising, Vettel, oh my word, he, sh- he shouldn't be retiring, look how good he is, he, what, he's in his final right, season. No, Stroll wasn't that, that far behind. Like it's not so people should be praising Stroll as well,
0: really. So, but that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it, there is an element of that then to then go to where Adam was saying and sort of say, well, how much better is Alonso at this point in his career much than Vettel? Was? So, much so then we do have to sort of ask question marks about where Vettel was last year. Uh, so, you know, and and the Aston was an
2: improved car at the end of the season as well. Or you know, there's kind of that that comes into it as well. Yeah. Like you know, it's the the. No, but everyone was praising
0: Vettel.
1: There. Everyone was praising Vettel, weren't they?
2: great
1: um <laughs> so, so if, if everyone's praising him he, he must be doing well
0: well i just did praise Droll. so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i don't know what you're shouting at. so
1: um, who have you got for six
0: at one I'll point be. i had mclaren because because for the same reasons that were question marking to free so i kind of got to use that argument on piastri but i don't want to because i do <laughs> If we're talking about a ceiling thing, I think a Norris pulls that to one of the top drivers in Formula One, in my opinion, and Piastri. I think has got a higher ceiling than Stroll, Ocon, and Gasly. Um, and this is where I'm thinking of an element of the the Alonso of it all, fantastic driver, but also sort of n- not a team player. Yeah, so me that that's a mark down. And I know you can you can shake your head at that, Nigel. But you live in nineteen twenty four, so <laughs> <laughs> where if you weren't where if you weren't a team player, it was seen as the best thing in the world. But I think you kind of have to be a bit in modern Formula One, and that's one of the reasons why um, there was a, a disaster at the end of Alpine last year. Well,
1: not a team player either.
0: Great, that I can criticize him as well. Um, um... <laughs> You just you helped that. Um, I'm just saying, I'm just saying
1: it's not it's not just Alonso, the they're both. So I'm so. thinking
0: I'm thinking Alpine sixth, Aston Martin fifth. That's the spirit. There we go. McLaren 4th has
1: gone with my he's gone with he's got exactly what I've gone but for. I'm there really we go, tempted Adam.
0: to I'm really tempted to put no, Let's Aston move on Martin quickly. and Alpine tied. You can't, I can't do that Freddie come on. Well I can. <laughs> I'm hosting this today. <laughs> so I think I might put a joint fifth. Alpine and Aston a Martin fifth. Are
1: we allowing that Adam a joint fifth? Um, so yes. no, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, well it's, uh... improved,
2: it's an improvement not where it would have been for me previously.
0: But... <laughs> I do yeah, think. I, I, I do think... think. I do think if you put Ocon or Gasly in Stroll's position, it's a higher lineup. But I do think uh, an Ocon and a Gasly outweighs a Stroll, but an Alonso outweighs an Ocon and a Gasly. A- 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 exactly 17. the same amount. Yes. Point six, <laughs> point six. Yeah, that was six attempts. But if you think about it on a grid with those cars relatively equal, you put, say, say there's only a four car grid. You go first Alonso, yeah, yeah. second Gasly, third Ocon, fourth Stroll. And but the margin that, is not the same, is it? Well, from that, Alonso's leading it, and then the the middle is Alpine yeah. and Stroll's bringing up the rear, so that keeps it the same. So he's basically gone in between what me and Adam but, have said, basically. Yeah.
2: Basically, you, <laughs> you really everyone strong, is in between. You think that. he's going to be yeah. like the standout driver this season. Who, <laughs> me? Yeah.
0: No, I don't. Oh, well <laughs> done, Nigel. Congratulations <laughs> on being the standout <laughs> driver this season. <laughs> um, so I've jumped the gun and given you a fourth place there. I'm assuming you guys have got fourth for McLaren as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We've all agreed with that. Yeah, yeah no, I there think we've all agreed. There wasn't kind I'm of two, excellent. Yeah, there wasn't too much kind of debate in my head. I mean, in terms of, you know, we've yet we we've talked we've talked on this podcast before about where Piastri will come in in terms of, you know, how how he'll settle into the McLaren with with um, you know, where, where others have struggled before him. But we yet to see that, I think, just in terms of the talent level, what they've proven in in Norris's case in his F1 career and in Piastri's case in his junior formula career, you know, this is uber talented and you know, it's it's that kind of carries it up. Um yeah. to the top. I'm still fascinated. Yeah, to it see, does make
0: but... me feel like I should rank Alpha a bit higher because I do rate De Vries's pre F1 career, maybe, but because I do feel a bit kind of guilty leaving De Vries in ninth with <laughs> Piastri in fourth. So maybe I'll <laughs> reflect on that. But um that well, Piastri you this. would
1: say is more talented than DeVries do not you, Piastri.
0: Yeah. Oh I would do. I would do. But then base it's it's a for a driver we haven't seen in Formula 1 compared to a driver who did do a one-off performance in Formula 1, that was very good, then it's, you know, so maybe I'm going to put AlphaTauri in seventh. So anyway, while I just have an internal <laughs> too crisis too on that. Now. Um yeah so shall we Shall we uh,
1: recap our order so far before we get to the top three?
0: Well, what's, let's talk about Landon Norris a bit first. Because, okay, actually, yeah, I do that. Um, <laughs> while well, we're on McLaren, because it's very easy, easy to gloss over just the highs of his f1 career in a way that i think we all did last year until we got to our ranking where we i thought just before like oh hang on a second yeah second lando norris i mean look (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was kind of like yeah actually he is one of the most effective one of the fastest drivers in formula one at the moment and it'd be interesting to see the coming seasons for him because i don't know about you but there were definitely elements at this stage of his McLaren career for Lewis Hamilton that he was getting a bit yeah. hemped in by that organisation and where that team is. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Norris fishing around a bit this season. Oh yeah, Especially I actually was side
2: leaving for Audi. Silver audi I think that's something to uh, watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would... I, have I, do... I think... Oh, God.
0: I just think if you're... A t- if you're... Um, to be honest, if you're Red Bull and if you still have one or two question marks over Perez this year... Go for Lando Norris with everything you've got.
1: Yeah, but that's what I've been thinking. That's the last, just where I'm sitting. That's what I've been thinking the last twelve months. But yeah, I, I didn't do the team bosses podcast, but I did think Seidel leaving McLaren. Yes, he might have been offered a bit more money in the Audi project. He's going to be exciting in the future. But
0: I think close to home say, for him as well. To be fair,
1: yeah, but I, I think it does say something about McLaren that I don't think he thinks they can get to the top. And I mean, yes, they've got a win coming finally this year, which has been a long time waiting. But I don't think I think McLaren they've been they've been stuck in this position for what since twenty eighteen now, and it's five five years on. Uh, I I think I don't see that changing over the next two or three years before the new regulations change either. So I I do you can think argue Norris. In this I, I, I I do think Norris should move on if I was him if if he can if, and Red Bull will be a fantastic choice.
0: You can argue McLaren have been in this position since 2013 really. And
2: yeah. Well no they, they they've set, well, they, they've no they've improved from you know the worst Alonso, Alonso years Alonso. and yeah yeah, yeah they, but they, they, where they're, they're, they're
0: not, able to improve too is the where we're saying. But sort of they've, they've not been in this position back.
2: since since twenty thirteen. Like Red Bull have been in like won the championships in twenty thirteen and twenty two. But you wouldn't say they've been in the same position for the whole period. It's the same with, with No, like, no, I would not But I would say McLaren have been in than them. they were ten years ago, but not. It's not, you know they are on or they have been on an. No, so I'm, not actually, on one. <laughs> I'm not talking about legitimate
0: constructors' champions. I'm not talking about legitimate constructors' championship position. I'm just sort of saying from a technical
2: no, future mindset mean, team, position
0: of where that team is.
2: Yeah, I think they've been in a lot no, worse so, I, position in while well, Alonso and Honda and Renault and all of that debacle was going on.
0: Yeah, I I I think but I think for the most part with it is revisionist what I'm saying now, but I have that luxury. Um, is that there when you look back at it, you can kind of think in all through that, there doesn't really seem to be a way beyond fourth mm. apart from when Ferrari were bad. <laughs> and that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm leaning with that. That I'm not it's it's a broad I'm not saying that they're in the same position as in like they're not their fifth, um, whatever. No, I'm not, but, but I I'm just saying
2: the, the outlook for them has been a lot worse in the last 10 years than it is now, at points in the last 10 years than it is now.
0: Okay. Um, still, that supports the the reason that we think Nora should go out. Um, that it's kind of like it doesn't, it's, it's still not a, it doesn't feel like there's a long a short-term, even long-term kind of route forward with it because the same thing they've been doing for the past few years just hasn't elevated the team at all. Arguably, it's it's, it's hit a stagnation I, 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 and it seems to always have been hitting said stagnation, in my opinion now. So it's just a case of, of looking around. I think Norris has a contract to what, 2024? He has a long-term deal that was...
2: I think it's 5. I think it's 5.
0: Right. So yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be hard, but I do think I, I he's proven he's got a fantastic management structure. That's how much everyone knew about Lando Norris before he's in Formula 1 when he was about 15, 16. He, they they know how to sell Lando and they know how to maneuver around and he was always in good positions with that and that's how he got into McLaren. So we can use that to get out of McLaren.
1: I agree. Yeah. I I I yeah. think Red Bull in 2024, 2025. Is a very good
2: choice, and I can see that happening. Now, it, it might be something. I think for the our, way he's. Oh, it it might be something for our McLaren season uh, launch preview episode <laughs> to talk about, like where what McLaren have to do for, you know, to kind of show off, uh, show yeah. Norris this season. You know, what what do they have to be proving, and what can they do to keep him?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think I that's think... that's a very good topic. We can put a pin in it for now. And who knows, maybe because off-season is off-season, we might do a Where's Formula One in 10 years kind of time Um, conversation. (laughs) Maybe five, because 10's bit far. Probably won't be watching in 10 years. Here's an eight-year-old Carter. Let's let's back him. (laughs) But yes, Nigel, you wanted to do a recap, four to 10. Yes. uh, Recap all of us.
1: I've oh okay, all of you. Well I've got Williams Alpha Romeo. This is 10th to 4th, obviously. Williams, Alpha, Romeo, oh, okay. Alpha Towery, Haas, Alpine, Aston, Martin, McLaren. Freddie has got Williams Alpha Towery Haas Alpha Romeo Joint. Alpine and Aston Martin in fifth, <laughs> then McLaren. And Adam has got Alpha Romeo, Alpha Tauri, Williams, Haas, Aston Martin, Alpine, and McLaren, which brings us on to the final three well, teams.
2: Not yet, it doesn't, because we're, I've also been keeping track and giving championship points per position as we go. So the composite, our composite ranking is. Uh, McLaren in fourth, Alpine and Aston Martin tied in fifth, although Alpine ahead on a little, uh, <laughs> the alphabet. Um, Haas in seventh, Alfa Romeo in eighth, Alfa Tari in ninth, and Williams in tenth. Despite we're using ahead.
1: the F1 championship like 25 to one points, by the way, because not just like a random yeah. points system. Yeah, we're not.
0: <laughs> we could then afterwards, we could do this with all the different point systems that have been used in Formula really One on. and then see how it tallies. Well, that means only six <laughs> teams will get points. Yeah, I yeah. know, and then you could just say, "Not applicable driver lineup,"
2: um, and, then, and then we can do the one where you only get the sun on me. You only get points from your best result, and then it's just whoever. And then we'll have a lot of oh, errors. what count back?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would just be a lot of good results. <laughs> um, that's nice. Like, that would just be perhaps that could be three teams in joint first, but we'll we'll get to that because we're going to join the A star class of driver now. With the top three teams. We all have three teams to choose from for the top three. Um, guess who they are?
2: are we're gonna um, do a three, two, one for third. We're gonna yeah, let's do no, three, all two, different. One. All right. <laughs> Announce your third place teams in three, two, one, Red Bull. Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it's where you're Ferrari.
0: coming from the Perez ranking is bringing it down. And then what I was saying about the Alonso of it all in the team for Verstappen brings it down as well. I presume, Adam.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much that. I just, you know, again, I think Ooh. the gap from Leclerc to Verstappen is smaller than the gap from Sainz to Perez. Um, like we talked about how, you know, Perez did take a step back uh, last season. And yeah, I just think, you know, they are, Red Bull are the only team with, you know, a clear number two driver. And that's what pushes them back for me. No, I, I it's,
1: Verstappen is much better Verstappen's better than the rest of the field quite frankly, never mind just a Ferrari pair and I don't think Perez is not that far off science I don't think, so it's a bit like the Alpine Aston Martin thing, we just think the gaps are different, but I think
2: Verstappen is in a class of his own quite I, frankly. I think you're putting more, uh, like in general in this ranking you're putting more emphasis on like the top driver No, I'm just putting, I'm putting emphasis it like, on the driver I, I, I,
1: I, don't really, I don't really care if it's the top or second driver so for me, for I've
0: I've ranked Ferrari lower purely based on pretty much Verstappen and Leclerc because I do think we we sort of I do think science is a is a bit better than Perez, but I think Verstappen just pulls Red Bull way forward, and I I agree with Nigel in that I think just you look at Verstappen over the past few years and he's just he's the reason that car was involved in championship fights basically. Um, and I, I spoke about this at length at the end of last season for Leclerc. Like for me, there was a lot of elements of, of from his side that didn't help his championship push. And I think there's more room for that to be cleaned up. So for me, I rank Ferrari below Red Bull because Verstappen is for me better than Leclerc because he's got less to clean up than Leclerc does, even if science is better than Perez. So that from where they, particularly where they need to be for these drivers at championship potential, I think. Verstappen, the proof
2: from Verstappen is there to to back that up. I, I think so. by the end of this season, we'll have a much clearer picture of it. I think we'll either... I know, hope so. Perez, I don't think we will. I, I, I just think, you know, e- either, you know, we will have seen... When Lando whether, Norris has been signed by Red Bull. Whether the potential for Ferrari, that, you know, when they are on song, then, you know, they're absolutely fantastic, but the wheels did come off a bit. And I think, you know, that did affects probably Leclerc more than science and maybe that's you know that's an element to to that I didn't give enough weight to but you know I I think in terms of Leclerc and Leclerc can battle Verstappen if the cars are you know around equal and we'll see kind of whether he can sustain that this season but or whether you know Perez remains closest to Verstappen a few tenths off or whether you know he takes he falls back a bit more he's less of a factor in the team in the battles so or whether Science can take a step forward or whether there's a big fight at Ferrari I think by the end of the season we will have a clearer picture
0: Perez's gap to Verstappen last year was bigger than Ricardo's gap to Norris yeah um but Science's gap to Leclerc was you know much closer than that so I do think I do think there's an element of we could be underrating Sainz a bit here as well, though. So I do think there is a there is a there is definitely a universe here for me where where Sainz is, you know, performances. Yeah, the 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 second best Ferrari driver, but not by much. And I think if we're looking at for the 2023 season, I do think Sainz will be better this year because you know he did grind through a bit last year, and that (laughs) definitely showed him being better at points. Um, in the latter half, in my opinion, so I do think that we could be looking at a better season for Science than Perez by a mile this year. But um, it,
2: it's a weird one. This because just, it is
0: it's, it's really hard.
2: Like if 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 I was a team principal and I could pick a lineup to have, then I would take the Red Bull lineup. But going on, off... I, I would.
0: I would. To be honest, I would think Verstappen and Science as a lineup would
2: be crackiest. well. No, but like... if if I could pick the Red Bull lineup or the Ferrari lineup to have okay. in my team, or if I was a could take over one of the teams. I'd take over the Red Bull one because of that's, that's a
0: good way to but, um, just do the whole
2: list, really. But then, like, <laughs> but then I guess that doesn't that's not maybe talking about the strength of the lineup as a whole. It's the best chance they yeah, have in to the win a top Championship five drivers forever.
1: thing last year. You said Leclerc was third and the was like six or seventh or eighth and then you said Verstappen was first and then Perez was
2: six or seventh or eighth So, surely that means science was ahead of Perez was better, yeah, but by two places. But then also, where's the drop off between sites and Perez compared to like the amount of tons of drivers we have at the very top of the grid?
0: I don't know. There's a bigger drop off in <laughs> Perez in my opinion. But, but, well,
2: ah, this,
0: that, this, that, that's, this, yeah. This is a sticking that's point. There's a sticking point for me is that, but the pulls it up. But also, when that car suited Perez more, he got pole position in Saudi Arabia. He... One in Monaco and things like that, and Singapore. so Singapore, but that was more by people not being there. Um, but he held off the Ferrari. So, Perez, there are there is there is an undervalue that we're throwing on Perez because of the way he reacts to that Red Bull car. Because that when that car has been good for him, it, he has been good like the start of last season, he, he could hold the Verstappen until they built that car to Verstappen more, developed it to Verstappen, which Bull have admitted to. Him. And Perez is admitted to, and it's gone away from him. And so, there were points where the car wasn't suiting Verstappen as well, and Perez was doing very, very well. So, yeah, yeah, you have to you have to match the driver lineup to the team. So that does then hold Perez back, but and the way that Verstappen can then just take that by the horns, no ball pun intended, but um, but there is some, and can then you know, just, just go off into the distance. So yeah, it is just kinda of like for yeah. So for me, Rebel's second because the max attack is is there.
1: I can't wait till Adam tells us who who he's got as first because it might not be Mercedes.
0: Adam, who've you got as second? Ferrari.
1: <laughs> See <laughs> how oh God.
0: <laughs> no, that's exactly the opposite of what you said, Nigel. Um
1: yeah, like, how can Ferrari... Ferrari didn't... Ferrari's not better than Mercedes. He's okay. not said Ferrari... that.
2: Ferrari second. He said
1: Ferrari first. Oh, I thought you he said, said Ferrari first. second.
0: Oh, well,
2: that, that <laughs> I understand <like>
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Your head, cannon Oops. is um, taking over there, Nigel.
2: So have you got... Like have you like a fan both watching got... The Last Jedi. Have you both got um, Red Bull second or have you got...
0: Yeah, Red Bull second. Red yeah. Bull second,
2: okay. Mercedes first. There we go.
1: Adam's changed his lineup completely from three weeks ago. I've, I've, I've changed, changed
2: two teams. No, nah, you've not. But he's allowed <laughs> to change his lineup from three nah, weeks not. ago, Nigel. Why are you in nothing? Nothing has changed, changed in the last teams. three weeks to make you change that. I have that. Changed, changed two mind. teams. I've change changed mine to today. You afterwards, I will nah, prove I it not. to you afterwards, Nigel. i changed two teams. I've changed three teams in the space of this podcast.
0: I don't care that you've changed things, Adam. I care that Nigel cares. But anyway. But anyway, yeah, first Mercedes then. All of us agree, but do we agree for the same reasons? Let's find out. Nigel, why have you put Mercedes first? And well, why are you going got... to argue with Adam about it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they've got one of the greatest drivers in all time in Lewis Hamilton. And then Russell, I think, could be a future world champion. And I don't think any other team has that combination, do they? So I think it's quite a clear first. not just the Well, the only thing that could bring it down is... They don't work together but in terms of pure strength pace quality talent Hamilton and Russell it's one of the strongest lineups we've seen this century in F1 not just this year I think uh, they've kind of got two a star drivers there for you even though I do think Hamilton is a bit better but um, yeah there's no other team that has that quality uh, so yeah it's easily first
0: yeah I think that stands up um you just and again scientifically stats don't lie um you've got lewis hamilton just in that team which just is exceptional and george russell hasn't been hasn't lost to a teammate ever in formula 1 so that's also very good um oh yeah it's fantastic so adam adam anything more to add on mercedes being number 1
2: it it's just clear is this the only position we've agreed on no that and mclaren so yeah yeah like i yeah. think yeah, it, we
0: it's... all put Hass eighth, or is that me making it up?
2: No, okay. Uh, no, you put.
0: I put Hass eight. Oh, none of us.
2: Yeah, you. Uh, me and Nigel had it seventh. You had it. Oh, okay. Here. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, just it, it is it is just clear you've got one of the greatest drivers, possibly the greatest ever, and then you've got Russell, who could very well be a future world champion, and you know stood up to him last season. So, yeah, there's not, there's there's like in terms of. You know, if you were kind of scoring them in in position on the grid and then adding that up, then there'd be no one close. Yeah.
0: As a as a wider question, do we think our there's a problem that our lineups reflect so broadly the general competitive order of Formula One? Ooh, that's a good
2: question. I don't think so. Because I think broadly it shows that the best drivers are in the best teams, you know. And then we've got Norris is kind of the outlier of that, and we're saying he might be at Red Bull. So I don't think so.
0: We say we want them at Red Bull.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah no, I, I think that's I think that's a good that's a good I agree with that. Um we've got to hold all... ourselves to account though, otherwise we're not a proper essay. There is also the
1: argument though that like the car can kind of make you look better. I obviously I I, I mean I completely or agree. worse with yeah, the li- completely. like with the lineups we've got, yes, the three best teams do have the three best lineups. But We don't know how good an Ocon can be in a Ferrari. He could be much better than Sainz or whatever, for example. I think in F1, or in motorsport, it's very car-specific. Like with Norris, for example, we've only ever seen him in a McLaren. When he joins Red Bull, he could just be like Albon and Gasly against Verstappen, and then we all kind of slate him for that. It's very... I don't know, it's, it's so complex, F1. There's a million factors that have to come together. So... Yeah, I think it's just a bit of a coincidence, really, that we have got the three best teams and the three best lineups. But like Adam said, usually the best drivers get the best teams anyway, I ninety mean, percent of the time.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it's really a coincidence. I mean, like, you know, look at the way Ferrari like yanked Leclerc out of Sauber. You know, if you if you show that talent in a lower team down the grid, then you will get pulled up unless you know you're Norris. Where I think, particularly he, if you're
0: in their junior program.
2: Well, yeah, um, but. But well, you know, and that, that's like, another thing. There's a lot of you know, there's there's that history of junior drivers, you know, going down low of the grid, and then they do have that control. So yeah, I I I don't think it's, yeah, I, I, as I say, I think it's like broadly good for the sport that you've got most of the best drivers at the top of the grid competing for you know the the top prizes.
1: Well, it's like Leclerc and Verstappen take their first seasons at Sauber and Toy Rosso. We wouldn't have put them in the top five. Uh, like list of that year just be, just because of the teams they were in. But if they did that in a Red Bull or a, a Ferrari or whatever, we probably would because of the car they're in. Because they were so getting. No, Leclerc results. was very
2: very good in his first season. Yeah, itself. I wouldn't have put Leclerc, Leclerc like, in the
1: top five. But like, 2018. So, right. in, but in then he took all
0: the most pole positions of anyone in twenty nineteen, and I was putting him second yeah. or something in my. Because of the car. Year. So, so yeah. this because is this is what the kind way of he's able to show himself.
1: Yeah. This is this is the thing with F like, one. Like someone like Verstappen, he might have been or the best driver every single season the last eight seasons we just not had the car to do it and that's why we said Howardson was so but if he the, I, I do think if
2: he car... was then he would have been promoted and he like... was promoted in his second well, season to be fair well, yeah that's what I mean um, like but but that like if he was if he was being the best driver for that long in a junior team he wouldn't be because someone would bring him up Like, but this is the thing I think there's, team,
0: there's, I think there's 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 um, course, there's points in both arguments that stand up and I think there is a point of, you know, we can say, wow, look, Verstappen's been promoted in his second season to the top line rebel team. He must be amazing. But also on that Spade weekend, we're all looking at going, can he do it? No, he can't. Loads of question marks on where he could be and yeah, how he could do it. it just because, yeah, because <laughs> just because of the way we were perceived with Verstappen, which wasn't right at the front fighting for a win. It was, you know, fighting for an eighth place, perhaps in a Toro Rosso. So, there are always are those question marks on a driver until they're in a team capable of success, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons I've ranked Bottas well. Is that he can win races even if he's in a a lower team, and um, even now he's in not, not I said that wrong. He can win races, <laughs> but he's in a lower team now. Yeah, but still, he's we know where he stands as a driver a lot more. That's what I'm trying to say. I muddle muddling words there, um, which isn't good for an audio But, but the format. actual quality of the driver probably hasn't changed that much. Probably. No, it hasn't. So, but yet yeah, we rank him differently
1: just because well, I, of the well, car team that he's in.
0: I put well, it. Yeah, 7. Yeah, yeah. he's very yeah. good. Um, so, I mean, no, like it, kind of
1: in general, what me and Adam have said, we've ranked him lower, probably just because of the team, he, team he's in, really. Because he, he's probably not changed that much in terms of performance from Mercedes, yet we ranked him higher just because he was at Mercedes. I I think
2: what
0: we're saying is ignore us.
2: I I, I think it's a different case for like Bottas, who, no disrespect, isn't a future world champion. And, you know, it's like he's not, I think the really, really top talents who you can pin as they are going to be fighting for championships do get promoted. And I think really the only really top driver outside of the top teams is Alonso. And that's for Alonso reasons, but I don't think like when when you're looking when you're looking across the grids, if someone is standing out that much in a lower team, they will get promoted. So I think it's like talent pools at the best teams because that's like how top sport works. I don't think it's like a coincidence, or I don't think it's a problem or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but then when it's... they get to that top team, surely from the first, like say Verstappen for instance, from that first to second season, he hasn't suddenly jumped, has he? He's probably he's probably like gone up a bit in terms of his quality and performance, but he's not made a sudden jump, has it? But then we've gone from him saying he's the tenth best driver in 2015 to like third or fourth best driver. It does it does change
0: it. Being able to be in the window definitely changes it, but it also changes it for the worse. And there are elements of it in that you can then rank a driver worse based on how they react in a top team. And it, it gets you know, look at look at the, way, the that way, way that was with Albon and Gasly and things like that. So there are sides of it that counter. Um, we are going in loops now so (laughs) I I do kind of think we we should probably curtail that part of the academic analysis of our podcast and move on to one maybe more interesting fun quick round off question how many of these lineups do we think will be um, in the same position in our minds or maybe even just completely different at the end of the season or do we think none of them will be different yeah stubborn Nigel as ever
2: Adam, I... you think you could be...
0: what are you open to being surprised or disappointed
2: i uh, yeah i honestly i reckon mercedes i expect will still be top come the end of the season um outside of that could flux as, in flux yeah i mean i mean the problem you know like the three rookies how they do will massively you know could or could yeah. massively change it um so that that kind of takes three of the teams out the way of me being confident. One of them we've literally got joint, so we can't have them the same at the end. Oh, I yeah, guess we can. That's Freddie's but, fault. But, um, <laughs> Thank you very much. And, Thank you. Very much. And, <laughs> and yeah, I think again, like Hassel have also kind of in that rookieish position because there are a lot of unknowns about them. So yeah, I yeah. I'd say Mad. I'd say two. Just you know, I reckon Mercedes, and then one of the other nine might. But you know, I couldn't <laughs> I I couldn't begin to guess which
0: yeah and that's part that's part of what makes it kind of interesting we have we have question marks and it's nice to have question marks it's nice to have six driver lineups that are entirely different to the last year and you know that's that's fun who knows where the driver market will be come the end of 2023 that's a whole different question i don't think we should go into that now because (laughs) that would be way too much um but if you disagree with us let us know if you agree with us let us know if you don't want to interact with with us don't let us know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> just interact with us in a nice, positive, happy way and give us engagement. Give us, Share us. Tell your friends about us. Tell tell them where you can find the podcast, which is either on YouTube, on a podcast platform of your choice, on Twitter, at f one If you like Formula E, listen to our Formula E podcast that Nigel and I do. If you don't like Formula E, listen to our Formula E podcast that Nigel and I do <laughs> and just be vaguely confused. Um, you can find Nigel's work on Eurosport, and on TotalMotorsport.com. You can find Adam's work on TotalMotorsport.com and on Feeder Series. They've dropped the F1 which to be more inclusive to Feeder Series, which I thought as a phrase is fantastic. Um, And you can find my work on MSV social media channels, um, which is niche. Um, Guys, any final thoughts on our top 10 drivers, top 10 driver lineups of Formula One? What? No, what? Oh, well, there's not going to be like an 11th. But anyway. I mean there might be. That's true. Oh. Maybe Sergei will get so, a one off.
2: Yeah. Or some lineups change, then technically it's a new lineup, so you have to put it back. Well then because it's the same team. I don't know. No final thoughts other than ha, Nigel. Ha. <laughs> Nigel, yeah, what okay. are your final thoughts? Do you have oh. any thoughts ever?
1: Uh I don't have yes, I'd have many thoughts. Yeah. Do you have thoughts you? on finality? No, no.
0: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, everyone go and support Andy Murray and he's lost. <laughs> it? Oh. oh well oh Andy <laughs> don't go and support Andy Murray oh well yeah. on that oh. sad note of live sport <laughs> um, come back next time for a Winging It podcast thank you very much goodbye goodbye